gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Wonderful, wonderful tonight. Thank you for coming. Take your songbooks and turn to 673. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. 673, it'll be a little taste of what we've enjoyed tonight. And we'll have good food and good fellowship. And it'll be wonderful. Let's stand together, shall we, as we sing? Now we're Baptists, so we know how to shout every place except in church. <laughs> so let's learn to shout in church. When we get to that word shout, don't be giving me this little shout. Just think of how you shouted at your husband on the way to church tonight, and it'll all be good. All right, here we go. Sing and shout on the second verse. While we walk Much better. Very good. On the third verse, the ladies sing, Let us then be true and faithful. Let us then. beautiful ladies. Now men, we can't make up for that beauty, but we'll maybe make for up for it in volume if we can try. So lift it up men and let's sing onward to the prize before us. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the victory that we have in Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for um, these special nights that we come, we worship you, we 
uh, fellowship. We pray together. We sing praises to you, and we hear from you and your word. And, Lord, it's just a special time, and I pray that you do a work in our hearts through all of this. And, Lord, I thank you for the uh, words that you have given us on the end of time and the end of days here, and and that, Lord, you just warn us and give us uh, so much warning. And so, Lord, help us to heed it and help us to uh, be ready and let us uh, be willing to share with everyone that we possibly can, talk to them about the Lord and encourage them to trust you and the days are short and we just thank you, we love you, and pray your blessings on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. And right before we come and sing, um, you guys just continue to pray uh, for the meetings and continue to invite friends. What a great group we have tonight. Praise the Lord for each one of you here. Um, praise the Lord for everyone that helped with the meal. Uh, we, I, I'm telling you, we can eat. I'm, I'm sorry, but... Then, that that was twelve chuck roast, and they gone. So, we we pretty much ate a cow tonight. So it was really good. Thank you guys. We have, uh, so we we hey we're all about equality. So we ate the cow tonight. We're eating the pig tomorrow. All right. So <laughs> we're gonna have. Pulled pork tomorrow night, so it'll be a great time. And uh, those that have signed up, make sure if you need to bring, if you're supposed to bring something, check the list if you need. It's right over there to remind you of what you're supposed to bring and um, bring it on out. Looking forward to tomorrow night, and uh, just appreciate uh, Brother Paul and Brother Dwight. So uh, just thank you again for all of that, and uh, it's just a special time. And uh, let's continue to pray for one another. And I know um, Missy's uh, sister, Vanessa, has been in the hospital. Uh, she went in yesterday. It sounds like she has some kind of an infection they're trying to find. Might be in the kidney. So uh, just keep her in prayer if you would. I know she would appreciate that. And uh, just and pray for Susan Bennett. Um, they took her to the emergency room. Are they keeping her? Oh, they are. thinking might be pneumonia okay so pray for susan bennett and then i'd ask that you pray for a friend of mine adam donez uh adam has been struggling chad have you heard anything lately they're going to have a procedure yep Did he have the surgery? Okay, good. All right. Just pray for Adam if you would. I know he would appreciate that too. So God bless you guys. Page 205. Page 205. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. You can stay seated, but don't fall asleep while you're singing. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. Home. There'll be no 
weeping, verse 3, no more weeping. There'll be no more weeping when Jesus comes. There'll be no more weeping when Jesus comes. There'll be no more weeping when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. comes to gather his loved ones home. There'll be songs of greeting when Jesus comes. Aren't you looking forward to that? I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. I'm looking forward to lifting his name up high to the Lord. Sing it, shall we? There'll be songs of take an offering. Uh, do we have somebody? Look at there. We got the ushers ready to go. You know, I get, uh, was talking to Tyler, and one of these days, some of these young men might be the pastor and the youth pastor and the deacons and uh, all the leadership in this church. And appreciate these guys and always have their willing hearts and so I got to share this. Uh, yesterday, 356 in attendance. We probably fed 300 uh, yesterday. Um, we had four people trust Christ as their Savior, and we had a $54,000 offering. Only 300 of that went to Paul and Dwight. We want to keep them humble. So if we could double that tonight to another 300 tonight, that'd be all right. So, <laughs> you know what? God's just—he's uh, good, isn't he? And uh, when we'll know when we need to pull the trigger on the new building and get everything ready, and uh, God's going to provide that. And uh, when He's in it, and we know it's His will, then He takes care of it. And so. And I know that these guys travel all over the country year-round. Uh, how many times do you preach in a year, Dwight? Any idea? 320, 350 times he preaches a year. And so that's uh, quite a few times. Uh, I know in two days he was supposed to preach five, five times in two days. So, And uh, <coughs> Paul, same way. These guys are all over the place and... And they, uh, they live on the generosity of, uh, of the churches. And so you guys, you're, you're more, more than generous, and you just continue to give as God lays on your heart. But everything tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday, um, you have time. If you, don't, if you forgot tonight, it's okay. You have tomorrow. You have Wednesday. You can give online. Um, but everything you give will go to them. So, but if you write a check, just make it to the church. We just count it all up, deposit that, and get in the check. So... 
um, uh, you do that, and you'll be taken care of, all right? So, Rexham, would you ask the Lord's blessing on the offering, please? Bible time. And I also want to mention that there are some items on the tables over here. Items, all kinds of great homemade things. And uh, they've got every kind of pattern. I even saw a hippie pattern. They'll probably have tie dye tomorrow, so that's really good. And so it's for anybody and everybody. And uh, there's some good music over there as well. Paul has some beautiful pens and some books that he's written. And some thumb drives of preaching. And on our table, there's some, some journals, some uh, prayer journals and journals. There's some uh, preaching thumb drives. They look like little business cards, but they're thumb drives. And uh, there's some gospel tracks. The ones that are loose, loose leaf in the, in the uh, stands, grab them. And these are, these are true life tracks. That means they're people's salvation testimonies. 
and uh, that's over there. And then there's some really good books. This is a great book. Just came out, written by my my brother's wrestling coach. Uh, he and his twin brother, Jim and Dave Hayswinkle, were uh, Olympic wrestlers in uh, 72 and 68, and they were in five world games, and uh, they were coaches for 48 years, just really a blessing. And so I want to encourage you to go by those tables and see if there's anything that may be a help and a blessing to you. But uh, we use what comes in off the table to go to the mission field, as Brother Paul mentioned yesterday, and uh, we're praying about where the Lord would have us go. We know that we're going to be heading back to Italy soon, but uh, we're praying that God would give us wisdom to see if there's any other place that we can go as well. Before I get into the message, I, I have to tell what happened. It was a crazy experience yesterday. I went to the Walmart, and I just had to get some things here in Fort Morgan. And uh, I was in the Walmart, and I was standing in line at the Walmart. And uh, while I was standing in line, there was a guy in front of me, a lady, and then a guy in front of me. And the lady kept looking at me. She kept looking like, who is this guy and what's he doing? And, and she kept looking at me like she was trying to study me and try to figure me out. And uh, while the guy paid for his stuff, she came to me and she said, you look exactly like my brother who died recently of cancer. And uh, she said, that's why I keep looking at you. And I, I just, it's an uncanny resemblance. She showed me a picture on her phone. And I said, wow, that's really amazing. So we talked a little bit and, and uh, she went on her way. I gave her a witness and a gospel track and an invitation to come here. And uh, she had bought a whole bunch of of items, a bunch of food items. She went out and she was gone. And I got up to buy my stuff. And and the lady at the register said, that lady said that you would pay for her items. And I said, what? I said, no way. Are you kidding me? I said, she said that you were her, she said you were a, her brother. And I said, what? No, that, that's not at all true. And so she just totally took me to the cleaner's and I said, wait a second, we got to go find her. So we walked out and she was getting in her car and, and I had uh, somebody from the store come. I said, you, wait a second, you, you can't do this. And she started cussing and swearing and letting me have it. I didn't think people like that lived in Fort Morgan. But here she is, she's just laying into me every which way from Sunday. I said, you can't do this. And, and, and she got in her car and she started to she started to pull away, and I reached out to grab her and stop her, and I started pulling on her legs like I'm pulling on yours right now. Now, uh, <laughs> now that, that's not allowed, is it? I got some emotions coming on my end. Boy, I'm telling you, I got some of you believing everything I was saying, didn't I? Now, you know... Um, some would call what I just did spin. Some might even call it lies and deception. And how can you preacher do anything like that right there in the pulpit? Uh, I learned it from your pastor. Anyway, <laughs> do you know, uh, sometimes when we joke around with each other and we, we pull each other's leg and we're just trying to get a rise out of each other and that, that's all okay. But you know, there's somebody coming in the future who is going to be the spin master. They used to say when President Clinton was the president that he would lie all the time, and the media loved his lies. 
And they loved to see what was the biggest lie that would come next. And they were unabashed about it. Uh, other presidents, no doubt, have lied. And we call it spin. God calls that deception. And it really is a dishonorable thing when the lie is obviously not intended just to get a rise and obviously not intended to make a point. God calls that deception. Well, there is coming one, namely the false prophet, who is going to be the spin master. God says something about him here in Revelation chapter 19. Would you notice what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 20? Revelation 19 and verse number 20. This is coming to the last days of the, of the false prophet. Notice verse 20. And the beast was taken. The beast is another name for the Antichrist. And with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. When the, when the spin or the deception is just to get a rise or just to make a point, that's one thing. But it, when it concerns heaven and hell, life and death, eternity with God or eternity judged by God, it's a completely, another, a completely different matter. And the spin master will come using every kind of deception known to man and will deceive millions and billions of people. I want us to see tonight what God has to say about the spin master and how you can avoid the lie altogether. Lord, speak to our hearts. Challenge us, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want you to know from the Bible tonight that there are three, three simple characteristics we're dealing with when it comes to the spin master. First of all, I want you to notice that concerning the spin master, there is a strategy of deception. Would you say that with me tonight? A strategy of deception. Would you say it again? There is a strategy of deception. With the spin master, or what we, the Bible refers to as the false prophet, there is a strategy of deception. Notice what the scripture says. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet. Obviously, he's a spin master and he's a liar and a deceiver because he's false. And the false prophet was one that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. The whole aim, the whole purpose in the mind and heart of the false prophet is to deceive. Not to tell you the truth, not to get you to a place of stability, not to set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, but to lie and to deceive so that he can accomplish his destructive and wicked aims. Notice, please, what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. He's going to deceive using three means. Turn back to Revelation 13, would you? Revelation chapter 13 in the word of God. I draw your attention to what the Bible says in Revelation 13. I want you to notice that he's going to deceive three ways. First of all, he's going to deceive through worship. The false prophet will deceive through worship. Now, the false prophet and the Antichrist are like the, Satan's dynamic duo. They come together as a package. They feed off each other. One has a responsibility of really deceiving the masses using religion as a cloak. And religion has been used for centuries and millennia as a cloak to deceive the masses. You, you know the Bible is divided into worship. Two types of worship. Worship of God and worship of the devil. 
Well, you say worship of self. Yeah, but that would be worship of the devil. You say worship of the world. Yes, but that would be ultimately worship of the devil. When the devil came to tempt Jesus in uh, the temptation of Matthew 4 and Luke chapter 4, he said, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Ultimately, that's what the devil wants. He wants your worship. He wants your worship. Or he'll be happy if you just don't worship the one true God. And you can't worship the one true God if you're not saved, if you've never been born again, if you've never accepted his gift of eternal life and bowed before the one who has nail prints in his hands and feet and who died on the cross, was buried and rose again. You can't properly worship God unless you trust his son and you can't properly worship God unless you do it his way. And so I want you to see that he's going to deceive multitudes through worship. Notice, please, what it says in verse number one. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, is there anybody here that can tell me who the dragon is? Satan is the dragon. Satan gives the beast, that is the Antichrist, his power. Verse number three. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. That is exactly what the devil wants. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given unto him, given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall, here's the word, worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of his saints. So watch, throughout the first few verses of Revelation 13, we're talking about worship, false worship, not true worship, worship of a false god, not worship of a true god. And who leads in this worship? The false prophet, the spin master, the man who is a master deceiver. And he's not the first deceiver that's come along and called himself a false prophet, but he will be the final deceiver that comes along and calls himself a false prophet. So he has a strategy of deception. All right, what is his strategy? To get people to worship anyone and everyone other than God. And ultimately to worship the beast, the Antichrist, and the devil himself. Notice he, worsh- he, he deceives not only through worship, but he deceives through wonder. Look at Revelation 13 and verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. Ooh, like a lamb. Like, like a lamb. Trying to replicate Jesus, the lamb of God. And he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth 
uh, in, the, in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the, by the means of those miracles which he had power to do, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now watch this, listen to me carefully. When the rapture happens, it will be the one time on the earth, only second to when Adam and Eve just sinned, when there were no believers. No believers on the earth. When that happens, a vacuum will take place, and a vacuum creates attention from something that is powerful and fills that vacuum, and that vacuum will be filled with demons of hell. It will be filled with the devil himself. It will be filled with the Antichrist and filled with the false prophet. Did you know that in sin itself, there is a deceptive nature and quality? Just by the very nature of sin, there is a deceptive nature and quality. Then there will be a, then there will be a strong delusion then there will be the deceptiveness of sin, the strong delusion, and a massive deception using signs, powers, and lying wonders that we're seeing right here in Revelation chapter 13. The Antichrist will come to power. He's going to seize uh, the, the political system. He's going to do some of his own bidding, and the false prophet will be right beside. He's going to bring all the religions under one world religion. The, the, the Muslims are looking. The Muslims are looking for the 12th imam, most of them. The Hindus are looking for the final prophet. The Jews have not accepted Jesus as their Messiah, so they're still looking for the Messiah. Uh, the Catholics, in large part, are, are a false religion. I, I say that in large part because there may be some that have genuinely, individually trusted Christ, but as a whole, Catholicism is a false religion that preaches a false gospel, and the Catholics are going to still be on this earth, and they're going to be crying out and, and looking for some kind of a leader. He's going to bring all the religions under one world religion, and most of the Christian denominations are under the deception of the ecumenical movement. I've got to have, I've got to hold hands, stand in a circle, and sing kumbaya, and uh, otherwise somehow I'm intolerant. Do you know the most intolerant people are the one crying the loudest for tolerance? So watch, when the false prophet comes, he steps onto this platform, and he shows that the Antichrist is the man that everybody needs to worship. He deceives through worship. He deceives through uh, wonders. He's going to call fire out of heaven. He's going to do signs and wonders. Watch, have you, is there anybody here that have heard of the signs and wonders? The new apostolic reformation movement is filled with signs and wonders, and it's straight out of hell, and it's full of deception. He's going to come along and deceive massive amounts of people with, with, with his power, the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is gone, and he's going to deceive through worship and through wonder. And you know how else he's going to deceive? Deceive through one. Revelation 13, 16 through 18, look at it. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. So the strategy of deception is the number one focus of the false prophet. But I want you to notice number two, there's seduction of demons. Would you say that with me? There is a seduction of demons. Would you say it again? There is a seduction of demons. Look at Revelation 16. Now remember, the devil is a counterfeiter. 
God has a true word and a true Bible. The devil has a counterfeit. God has a true church. The devil has a counterfeit. God has a true Messiah. The Antichrist will be the counterfeit. God has a true prophet. Here the false prophet, the spin master, is a counterfeit. And, and, and God has a trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So does the devil. Watch now. Revelation 16, 13, and 14. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast. And out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth under the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God almighty. So this is a demonic power. There's going to be demonic deception. The seduction will be so powerful, it will be so powerful, God says in the book of Mark chapter 13, that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. So I want you to see there is a seduction of demons. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, there's demonic activity going on right now, and it's on the rise in our country. Listen to me carefully. I want to speak to something plainly. Some of you young people mess around with anime. You need to stop it right now. Go home and destroy everything about it. Delete every app that has anime on it because it's full of the devil. It's full of demons. You say, not my anime. Well, you just uh, ask those missionaries in Japan. I've been in Japan. In in Japan, where anime was born, it's full of pornography and full of plain, flat-out demonic activity. And if you have anime on your phone, you have a portal through which demons can enter into your home. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Now, that seduction is strong. By the way, there's other portals through which demons work and influence. They work through pornography. They work through drugs. They work through uh, drinking and alcohol. The powerful strength and seduction of demons is a real thing, and it's to be resisted fiercely through the blood of Jesus, the word of God, and the testimony of our salvation. I want you to notice that number two, there's a seduction of demons, but notice number three, there's a sentence of damnation. The false prophet will only be able to enjoy what he does for seven years, not even two full presidential terms. And he'll be able to sway the world. Revelation 19 and verse 20, it says, These both, the Antichrist and the false prophet, were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. In other words, what is the end of the anti or the false prophet? It's damnation. Whose end is to be burned. He will burn forever and ever and ever in the lake of fire. And so will all who follow him. So will all who receive the mark of the beast. So will all who worship the Antichrist and the image of the, of the Antichrist. Why? Because the whole thing is false. It's built on quicksand. And it will suck everyone who believes it straight to hell. I wonder, is there anyone here that will believe it? If you're here and you're not saved, you're headed to believe the lie of the false prophet and the lie of the Antichrist. David said in Psalm 119, 104, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Christians, if they are nothing, should be honest and true, and we should hate what is false and what is deceptive. Psalm 119, 128 says, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Is there falsehood in your life? Then you're you're linking up with what the false prophet is pleased with. Over and over and over, he warns of false teachings and the false prophets 
over and over and over. And there'll be false prophets who will come in Mark chapter 13 and Matthew chapter 7. And they will deceive many. And then they will be on the left hand. And they'll come to Jesus in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And in thy name cast out demons? Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me. I never knew you. Listen carefully. Who are some false preachers today? Work salvation preachers are false preachers, false prophets. Prosperity gospel preachers and charismatic preachers are false preachers. Uh, different gospel preachers that preach that you like the cults and the big world religions that preach you get to heaven by your works and, and not through the blood of Jesus. Non-Bible preachers are false preachers. Women preachers are false preachers. There I said it. And you mark your words and you mark it well and you mark it with everything that you have. That you and I are to reject what is false and we are to embrace what is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hey, the way to reject what's false is to turn to the Bible because the word of God is truth and turn to Jesus because Jesus is truth. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the mighty power of it. And I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that you'd help us as believers to turn away from sin and to turn to you with all of our hearts. Lord, help us not to believe lies. And where we've been believing lies, help us to reject those and embrace them, the truth and embrace that which, which will replace the lie. And we'll thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you do because we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Well, we got a surprise for you tonight. We got two preachers. And Paul's the double-headed. He's coming up next. But before he does, I'd like us to learn a chorus. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. It's not one that uh, you have in your songbook, but I'm going to teach it to you tonight. And uh, I need some men to start out as the basses. If you're a bass, I need the men to start out. And then I'm going to need some tenors to answer uh, and sing uh, a tenor line. Then I'm going to need some altos. So if you're an alto, jump on that alto. And I'm going to need some soprano singers to sing. This is how the song goes. It's just a little chorus, and this is how it goes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. And every eye shall see him. Friend, will you? What do you think? I think we can do it. Let's all stand, shall we? Change directions, and we'll sing it. All right, men, I'm just going to count on some of you to just jump in and be basses. Don't all of you be tenors, and don't all of you be basses. I need some basses, some tenors. Here we go. Who are my basses? I got to know. I got to know. Who are my basses? I'm counting on you, men. All right, good. We got some basses. I got three. <laughs> Who are my tenors? Who are my tenors? I got two. Three. Three. Okay. All right. Well, who's not voting? No. Fill in the gaps. Here we go. Behold, he comes. Behold, he altos. Behold, he comes. Sopranos, behold, he comes. All right, let's try that again. Here we go. Ready? Now you know you got all the kinks out. Here we go. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Ladies, behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. 
good, doesn't it? Now, when you sing, you've got to sing and hold it, okay? You can't just drop it. All right, we're going to try it one more time. We're going to go the rest of the way. Here we go. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. And every eye shall see him. Friend, will you be ready? For the first time, let's try it one more time, and then we'll have a special. Here we go. Sing it out now. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. And every eye shall see him. Friend, will you be ready when Jesus comes wonderful singing you may be seated Aren't you glad Jesus loves all of us? Find the book of 2 Thessalonians in the Word of God, please. The book of 2 Thessalonians. Brother Dwight has preached about the false prophet. I'm going to talk about the Antichrist, and we're going to confine most of our uh, message to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll begin our reading there in verse number one in just a moment. But first of all, Frank Abagnale Jr. is a name that uh, gained some fame and popularity 
because of the things that he alleged about himself. He alleged that at the age of 16, he left home because of his parents' divorce. According to his story, he drifted until he made his way into New York City and there found that he could not get a very good job because no one wanted to give a 16-year-old anything like a living wage. And so he began a life of being a con man, according to his own testimony, by lying about his age. From lying about his age, it then progressed to writing bad checks. And then from lying about his age and writing the bad checks, it then launched him into the career of being a professional con man. He lived a life of deceit as, a, as, as just what he did. According to his testimony, at one time, he was a Pan Am airline pilot. Another time, he was a lawyer in the state of Louisiana. Another time, he was a pediatrician in the state of Georgia. And to top it all off, he served some time as a college professor at Brigham Young University. Now, that's according to his story. According to his story, he was captured, he was apprehended by federal authorities, and he was uh, sentenced to prison. And in prison, he escaped no less than three times by walking out the front door of the facility. They apprehended him again, and they put him back in prison. Now, According to him, he wrote an autobiography entitled, Catch Me If You Can. Now, some of you may, may recognize there was a Hollywood film produced by that same title. I've never seen the film. I'm not here to endorse the film. But it, there's an interesting thing that took place regarding Frank Abagnale. Uh, at the time, he was invited to all kinds of shows. The Today Show had him on. The Tonight Show had him on. Even James Dobson and his radio program, Focus on the Family, sat this man down and interviewed him. And he was supposed to be, now he's supposed to be making money as some sort of expert teaching corporations on Wall Street, from Google all the way to other, uh, other different uh, entities, how to spot a con man. He has done consulting work for the FBI. <laughs> He's worked for our government, if you can believe that. But something interesting happened in the year 2022. In the year 2022, a man who had studied this man, Frank Abagnale, for many, many years, began to release the results of his study. As a matter of fact, he published them in a book. The name of the book was The Greatest Hoax on Earth, Catching the Truth While We Can. For it seems that everything Frank Abagnale asserted about his life as a con man was a fraud. The greatest con of all was not living life as a Pan Am pilot when he had never been to flight school. The greatest con of all was not pretending to be a doctor. The greatest con of all was convincing all these people in the United States that not only had he lived as a con man, but also that he could tell you how to spot a con man. Well, I got to tell you, Frank Abagnale may have done some amazing things as a con man, but he pales in comparison to someone coming that we refer to as anti-Christ. I want us to look at what the Bible has to say about this person. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, that is the day of Christ, that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin 
be revealed the son of perdition. Notice there are many names here. These are all referring to the Antichrist. Man of sin, son of perdition. Notice verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, I want us to see very, three very simple things about the Antichrist this evening. I want us to note, number one, his occupation. What does this man do when he comes on the scene? I want you, I want you to understand the Antichrist, is. It, there's always been someone that the devil has had in place to step in and be the Antichrist. I'll give you more on that in just a moment. But the, there's a man who could step in and be Antichrist tonight. Tonight, it could happen. He's alive somewhere. You say, who is it, Brother Paul? I don't know who it is, okay? I'm pretty sure it's not Joe Biden because the Antichrist has some abilities, and uh, he's able to deceive people, and uh, I, I don't think it's President Joe Biden. But there, there could be any number of other people that, the, that, that, are, uh, that are in the wings and uh, off on the side, if you will, ready to step in, supernaturally empowered by the devil himself. But I want us to note what the Antichrist does. Now, there's a lot of places that we could go. Brother Dwight has already taken us in the Scripture to Revelation chapter 13. I'm not going to go there. Instead, we'll confine our thoughts to this passage. From this passage, I want you to notice two things that the Antichrist does. Number one, he dethrones or he attempts to dethrone. Notice what it says. In verse 4, the Scripture says he opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God and that is worshipped. I want you to understand, number one, he is trying to dethrone God. Two interesting words there. Number one, he opposes. We understand the word oppose. Everything that God is, the Antichrist is not. Everything that God is, the Antichrist is not. For example, God is faithful. The Bible tells us that in many places in the Scripture. The Antichrist is fickle. According to Daniel 11 and verse 23, the Bible says he shall work deceitfully. We heard a little bit about that in the earlier message. The Bible tells us that God is just. The Antichrist is unjust. Daniel 9 and verse 27, the Antichrist bursts upon world scene by signing a peace treaty between the Jews and the surrounding nations. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if that could happen tonight? Well, the world is looking onto the scene of the Middle East, and they're seeing the, they're seeing the carnage that was wrought by Hamas. They're the response of Israel, and whether they're on one side or another, everybody is calling for a ceasefire. They want the violence to cease. If you study the history and you study the, the, the Muslim religion, you understand there will be no peace in the Middle East until, as far as the Muslims are concerned, until the nation of Israel is gone. That's just what it, you've, you've heard people talk. Well, we need to get to a, a two-state solution. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The two-state solution has been offered again and again and again and again. It's not Israel that rejects the two-state solution. It's the Muslims that reject the two-state solution. They want a one-state solution. Just so long as it's not a Jewish state, anything that does not include the Jews, that's what they want. And they are willing, as money uh, uh, enables them to do, they're willing to fight and to commit atrocities. We look on and then we think to ourselves, oh, dear God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Oh, that there could be peace. Well, the Antichrist will come and he will finally offer 
peace. But there's a problem because according to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, in the middle of that seven-year treaty, he's going to break it with the Jews. He's going to break that treaty. Why? Because God is just. The Antichrist is unjust. How about this? God is holy. The Antichrist is unholy. According to Daniel chapter 11 and verse 21, the Bible says there shall stand up a vile person. The Antichrist is an unholy person. He's a vile person. The scripture says that God builds. God is a builder. The Antichrist destroys. According to Revelation chapter 13 and verse 7, the Antichrist shall make war with the saints. This is a vile, wicked person. And then there's another ver- another word here in our text. Not only does the Bible say he opposes, and, but then it says he exalts himself. The word exalt there is an interesting word. It means to have an undue sense of self-importance. <laughs> you ever met somebody with an undue sense of self-importance? You ever met someone that in your mind you thought to yourself, you know, that person needs to be taken down a few notches, and I may just be the one to do it. (laughs) I'm not going to go any further down that road, but here is a man that exalts himself not against you, not against me, but against God. You see, this is what he is all about. His occupation is he dethrones. I want you to notice there's the second part of his occupation. Not only does he dethrone, but look, let's let's just read down through the text here. The Bible says in verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, verse 9, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, as we focus in on verses 9 and 10, we see the second part of this man's occupation. Not only does he dethrone, but number two, he deceives. He deceives. Notice it says very, very plainly, his coming is after the working of Satan. We saw that a little bit about with the, with the false prophet. It is obviously satanic power. But notice his coming uh, is characterized by these things. With all power. That word power there does not mean authority. Rather, it means a supernatural miracle working power. Okay, so he comes with all supernatural miracle working power or ability and signs and lying wonders. All kinds of religions today seem to be looking for some kind of miracle. Be careful. There were times in the Bible where there were miracles, but the miracles never pointed to the one working the miracle unless the one working the miracle was Jesus Christ. Instead, they all are intended to point us to God. Now, suppose I came and I did some miracles for you tonight. Well, that would get people talking, wouldn't it? We were sitting around the table. Uh, the, the Mondays were, uh, were, were, were being hospitable. They had opened their home. And uh, the, the subject of a man in an American, an American culture came up. He's the governor of Florida, a man by the name of Ron DeSantis. 
Okay. Now, Pastor Monday brought out something that has been revealed about Ron DeSantis. When Ron DeSantis wears cowboy boots, evidently it's just been discovered, he puts spacers in his cowboy boots. Why? Well, evidently, in Ron DeSantis' own mind, he is a short man. Okay? Now, I've never met a short man who didn't want to, at some level, be a tall person. I've never met a person like that. I've met many who had short man syndrome. And honestly, it's one of the, the, the key causes of some of the greatest ills in our country today. Your pastor and I will be able to attest that there is no one as discriminated against in our world as a tall man. If you don't believe that, just try to watch a tall man cram himself into a seat on an airplane sometime. Look, there is no joint between this knee and this hip. It's one solid piece of bone. I was flying somewhere in Italy, and uh, the man turned around, an Italian man turned around, and in very good English, he said, Sir, will you please get your knees out of my back? I said, I'd love to help you, man, but I can't. I don't know who designed this plane, some Sicilian that uh, was only five feet tall. But uh, I, I've, I've met people, I've met people throughout my life that wanted to be tall. The good news is, if you're short, you can, you can have devices that can help you be tall. How many of you have ever heard of a stool? Have you ever heard of a stool? Absolutely. It's for short people, and that's fine. I'm all for stools, but uh, suppose I brought Brother Smith up here. Now, I don't know that Brother Smith has illusions of being tall, but uh, maybe he does. Let's just say that he does. Suppose I brought Brother Smith up here, and he does not wear spacers in his cowboy boots, okay? I'm just going to just go on record as, you don't, do you? Oh, okay, good, good. All right, so he does not wear spacers in his cowboy boots. But if he could get away with it, there are times when the thought might go through his mind. So suppose I brought him up here, and I said, now, folks, here is Brother Smith. And he doesn't, he's, he's not as tall as he wants to be, but I'm going to work a miracle before you tonight. And I, I brought Brother Smith up here on the platform and I reared back my right hand, and I, and I called out some kind of gibberish and in in, in some kind of ecstatic speech or something, and I popped him on the head. And all of a sudden, his legs began to expand. And suddenly, he did something that he has never been able to do while standing flat on the floor. He goes all the way to the head height of six not as tall as the pastor, but six feet. I mean, when you've been grasping at that for all of your life, that's a pretty significant miracle, isn't it? Let me ask you something. If that were to happen, well, there would be people that would rejoice. Brother, I, I've heard it said that uh, tall is not all. I've heard that said before. And, but the, the problem with that is that uh, I've never heard anybody talk about someone who's short, dark, and handsome. I've never heard that in my life. Maybe you've heard it. Tall may not be all, but help us, it's the first. And so Brother Smith would love to be that. Let's suppose that I popped him on the head, and he suddenly gained, gained in height. Well, let me ask you, what would that prove about me? What would that prove about me? I want you to understand, it wouldn't prove anything. It wouldn't prove anything. Because there are people who will break the laws of nature. That's what it means when it talks about miracles. They will break the laws of nature. And why will they do it? To get you and anyone here who is left on this earth to believe a lie. 
What, is the, what does the Antichrist do? Well, his occupation, he dethrones, he deceives. He deceives with miracles, he deceives with money. We've looked at that already. I want you to notice something else about the Antichrist. Not only his occupation, but number two, his opposition. We read it here in the verses. Let's look very carefully. Verse 6, and, and now ye know what withholdeth that he, interesting there, isn't it? Ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Remember I told you that there is someone waiting that could step in tonight and become the Antichrist? Remember I told you that? How do I know that? Because the mystery of iniquity has been at work for a thousand years or more. It's been at at work for nearly 2,000 years, in fact. The mystery of iniquity is something that Satan has in place. It's something that has been going on for a long time. Satan doesn't know when our Lord's coming back. You don't know it. I don't know it. So Satan has to be ready, and he's ready tonight. He's ready tonight. The Bible says there is, however, something in verse 7, the mystery of iniquity that already work, only he who now letteth. Time out. That word let, you and I assume that it means to allow. Mom, will you let me go and spend the night at my friend's house? What does the child mean? The child means, Mother, will you allow me to go? That's not what it means in verse 7. In verse 7, it means to actively hinder. Think of an offensive lineman in pass protection. Depending on where he plays his home games. If he's in Denver, he gets up and for a second and a half he protects the quarterback and then he lets the lineman in and sack Russell Wilson. Okay, that, that's what he does in Denver. Other places, you know, other places they have a different strategy. The in comes a defensive lineman and they get up there and they hold him for two seconds and, uh, and then they grab hold of his jersey and cheat, okay? And they got a flag thrown and then we go backwards, you know? But think of that. The word let. That offensive line, I have a friend who was an offensive lineman in high school on the football team. And I'm telling you, he has all kinds of stories. He would do everything within their power to keep that defender from getting in there and getting at the quarterback. That's the word let. That's the word let, okay? Somebody right now is letting. They are actively pushing back. Who is it? He who now letteth will continue to do so. He will let until he be taken out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to give you two simple proofs, and then we're going to be gone. We're going to move on from this. Jesus made this prediction in John chapter 16 and verse 8. This is what he said. And when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That word reprove is an interesting word. It has a wide range of meaning in the New Testament. Sometimes it means to bring to light. I want to ask you, does the Holy Spirit of God bring things to light today? Absolutely he does. Sometimes it means to bring to light or expose. Sometimes it means to convict or to convince. I want to ask you, does the Holy Spirit convict or convince today? Absolutely he does. Sometimes, wait for it, sometimes it means reprove or correct well, that's a little bit stronger, isn't it? And some, the Holy Spirit of God is in the business of doing that. Wait a minute. Sometimes in the New Testament, the word means to punish or to discipline. So the Holy Spirit of God, all the way through that corrective process, He is promised, He is predicted by the Lord Jesus Christ that He will do that to the unsaved world. I submit to you that the Holy Spirit of God is the one who is letting right now. 
And the Bible tells us this, Jesus again speaking in Matthew 5 and verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. Ye, those of you who have embraced the gospel, we could say if you know Christ as Savior, that's us tonight. We are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It inhibits, it, in, it inhibits corruption. That's what we're in the business of doing. You realize every time you and I yield to the indwelling Holy Spirit of God, we are helping to hold back the mystery of iniquity. So that is his opposition. The Antichrist is going to deal with this opposition until finally he's overthrown. Notice the scripture speaks of this as well. The Bible says in verse 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed. After the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. We've noticed, we've noticed his occupation and his opposition. I want you to notice in closing his overthrow. His overthrow. The Bible makes it very plain. The means of his overthrow is the spirit of Jesus' mouth. That's referred to more in Revelation chapter 19. I'll not go there tonight for sake of time, but I want you to understand something. There is nothing in all of this world spiritually more powerful than the word of our God. And the the good news is every single one of us has access to it on a daily basis. We have access to the Word of God. How did they overcome the Satan? They overcame Him by the Word of God. They overcame Him the same way Jesus overcame temptation in Matthew 4 and, and, uh, and Luke chapter 4. The Bible tells us that uh, by the Word of God, everything that we, ha- that we know today was created. That's given in 2, Timoth- uh, 2 Peter rather, chapter 3 and verse 5. 2 Peter 3 and verse 7. By the Word of God, everything that's around us is sustained. It's held together by the Word of God. The Bible tells us that the Word of God discerns and reveals according to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible tells us that the Word of God drove men backwards in John chapter 19 verses 5 and 6. The Bible tells us that the Word of God will be the basis of our judgment in John chapter 12 and verse 48. I want you to understand something. This Antichrist, this mass and web of deception, it's, it's just going to seem so powerful, but I, I want you to know it cannot stand against the Word of God. And there will come a day when the Lord Jesus comes and when he comes he will not destroy the Antichrist or all of his uh, minions he will not use nuclear weapons he will not use a biological agent it will not be some kind of chemical it will be the word of his mouth the same power that is available for you and for me right here right now in 2023 the word of his mouth and the brightness of his coming I love what the Bible says in Psalm 119 and and verse 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light, giveth understanding to the simple. Psalm 19 and verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Can I tell you, if you're here tonight and there's a question in your mind about your salvation, let me help you. Assurance of salvation comes from the word of God. And if you're here and there's a doubt in your mind about your salvation, You need to go back to the Word of God and get it settled on the basis of the Bible. The Bible says the means will be the spirit of His mouth and the brightness of the Lord's coming. In Revelation 19 and verse 14, don't go there, but in Revelation 19 and verse 14, we find there's a multitude that comes with it. If you know the Lord Jesus as Savior, when the Antichrist is overthrown, you and I will be in an army with the Lord Jesus. But it'll be an army unlike anything you and I have ever known. 
because we'll just ride a horse. That's all we'll do. And the Lord Jesus is going to do all the fighting. But the Bible says the Antichrist is going to be overthrown. Now, let me tell you something. There is a point here. I, I wish I had time to develop this more, but I want you to look at one phrase in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says in verse 10, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth. Can I just tell you something? Those who do not receive the love of the truth now, when the Antichrist comes, they will believe the lie. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe you're here, and you've never heard the gospel before. It's all new to you. You're unsure what it's talking about. Let me just tell you something. I believe receiving the love of the truth is a step toward the truth of this book. Now, that may not mean you understand all about salvation tonight. It may mean you, you don't understand all there is to know about salvation by the, the time this meeting is done. But understand, you have to make a conscious decision in your mind tonight. I'm going to embrace the truth. I'm going to embrace the truth. I'm not going to, I don't want, I don't want the wickedness of the world. Whatever the truth is, that's what I want. And you, 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 can, you can start down that road tonight. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, and you say, Brother Paul, what is the truth? I want to know. You, there, there's going to be an opportunity for you to come in just a moment. And you can embrace the love of the truth tonight. We'll show you what the Bible says. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That process for you can begin tonight. But if it doesn't, by the time you die, if there's, a, there's so many people that we talk to, they say, well, you know, I'm not the religious type. Let me tell you, you better receive the love of the truth. You better embrace the truth. You better buy the truth and sell it not. Some people say, well, you know, that's, that's just not for me. My friend, it, it better be for you. Because if you make the decision, the truth of the Word of God, uh, I can take it or leave it, but it's probably not for me. There will come a day when people with that attitude will embrace the lie with the result that they might be damned. I wonder where are you tonight? The overthrow of the Antichrist speaks to us of the power of Jesus Christ. At the time when it seems that the Antichrist is at the greatest part of his power, Jesus destroys it. And you have the opportunity tonight to side with the truth and with the God who is truth or to go on in your own way and one day embrace the Antichrist. But the choice is ours today. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. We pray that you'd work in our in lives. Thank you that you have given us the truth. And Father, I pray that there would be people tonight that would embrace it as their own. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Folks are making their way to their places for the invitation. What if I were to talk to you across the table where there was a meal this evening? And I were to ask you, do you know that you're on your way to heaven? All of us would want to say yes to that question. 
But would you, if I asked you personally that question, would you be able to sit across the table and say, Brother Paul, I know I'm on my way to heaven, and this is one of the Bible reasons why. Would you be able to do that? If you're here tonight and you don't have a Bible reason why you know you're on your way to heaven, we'd like to help you. We'd like to help you. I'd like to show you what the Bible has to say. This matter of end times, it's nothing to play around with. And if there's, if, if there's someone here tonight and you need help with your salvation and the assurance of your salvation and the Bible reason why you know that you're saved, in a moment we're going to have an invitation here. If you've been at, at Platte Valley Baptist Church, you understand what that's like. But in a moment, we're going to invite you to slip out of your place and come. If you come to us and you say, Pastor Monday, Pastor Wes, or whoever is here, I'm not sure I'm saved. We will pair you with someone who can take a Bible and just help nail that down. Maybe you've never been born again. Maybe you don't even know what I mean when I say that. That's fine. If you come, we'll open a Bible and we'll help you tonight. And maybe I'm preaching to someone here tonight and you're a Christian, but you've not been in your Bible like you should. You've seen tonight that the only antidote for the deception of the beast and the false prophet is the truth. God has spoken to your heart. You know you're saved. That's not the issue. But God has spoken to your heart. Maybe you need to just slip out and find a place at the front and say, Dear God, in the light of the fact that Jesus is coming again, in the light of the coming deception, I need to have a greater dedication to your word. Will you help me? God's spoken to your heart. You know it and God knows it. I expect you to do what he would have you to do. May we stand to our feet, please. Everyone standing this evening. Everyone standing. If you're here tonight and there's, there's the least bit of doubt in your mind about your salvation, you wouldn't be able to give me phrases from the Scripture to back up why you know you're saved. I invite you, as soon as you hear that first note of music, slip out of your place and come. Dear Father, help us tonight, we pray. And we pray that you would work in our hearts. And Lord, we pray that we more and more each day would embrace the love of the truth. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The pianist is playing as God spoke into your heart. You're welcome to slip out and come. Almost persuaded now to believe. Almost that Bible reason. That's what we're talking about. Brother Paul, I know I'm saved because the Bible says this. The Bible says this. Do you have that? The love of the truth. That's what we have to embrace while we have the time. They're singing, if God spoke in your heart, you just respond. more convenient day on thee I'll singing another stanza almost persuaded come come today almost persuaded turn not away Jesus invites you here Angels are lingering near 
from hearts so dear. Oh, wonderful. Father, we come to you and thank you for your word tonight. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the promise that you tell us as your children that, Lord, you have saved us from the wrath to come. And Lord, I pray that you'll give us a heart for those that we know that are in our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors that don't know Christ as their Savior, that Lord, you would just give us a passion for souls to see them, to uh, come to you. And so, Lord, I pray you give us confidence and courage to talk to them and <clears throat> share a track or invite them to come and just love them to you. And Lord, we thank you for our salvation. Thank you for each one who's here tonight. Thank you for the word that we've heard. Thank you for stirring in our hearts tonight. And I pray that you continue to guide and direct us over the next two nights. And the Lord, you'll be honored and glorified in all that takes place. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow.